Paul moves up the food chain and now gets to make his case to Caesar. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Friday morning, my friends. Uh, We are moving on in our study of Acts uh, this morning. Today we are going to start uh, chapter 25, and it is my intention for us to take a look at verses 1 through 12 and um, make our way about halfway through Acts chapter 25. Paul is moving on from being held... um, in custody by Governor Felix, who has now been succeeded by Portius Festus and uh, has been in custody for over two years. Um, and now Paul works his way up the Roman leadership food chain to Caesar. And we will see what Paul says uh, as we get closer to that encounter. Uh, 25, 1 through 12 kind of sets the stage and um, prepares for uh, Paul getting his opportunity in front of Caesar. Before we get into the texts, let's begin by having a conversation with the author. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, we come before you humbled, O oh God, as we set out on this journey into your word. Uh, we know this will be fruitless, Lord, unless your spirit comes alongside of us to teach us, to open our minds and hearts and eyes to the insights and understanding that you have for us that are latent within your word. If we will uh, listen and if we'll be willing to see and hear with our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. So, Father, send your spirit to be our teacher, our instructor, our guide as we journey through your word today. Uh, we're hungry as always, O oh God. And we pray that all that you have for us would be received to the benefit of our growth in grace. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's Acts 25, 1 through 12. Now three days after Festus had arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul. And they argued, and they urged him asking as a favor against Paul that he summon him to Jerusalem because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So he said, let the men of authority among you go down with me. And if there is anything wrong about the man, let them bring charges against him. After he stayed among them, not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea And the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood among him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense neither against the law of the Jews nor against the temple nor against Caesar have I committed any offense. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. 
Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. So we're moving on in this plot line. Um, While Paul was still in the custody of um, the Roman tribune, uh, and he was being um, questioned by the Jewish ruling council, um, he, there was a plot afoot to kill him. His nephew discovered the plot, went to the tribune. The tribune, looking out for Paul's safety, sent him to Caesarea, where he had been kept in custody by Governor Felix for over two years. Now the charges have been brought up against Paul again since the change in leadership from Felix to Portius Festus. Festus once again hears the case of um, the Jews who are making their accusations against Paul. Um, Paul is then brought in to argue again in his defense. He claims that he's made no offense against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar. And Festus, um, again, being a wimpy politician trying to do the Jewish religious leaders a favor, said to Paul, do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried or on these charges before me? Paul claims his citizenship, claims his due process, and um, again, standing on the ground that he's committed no wrong, uh, appeals to Caesar. Festus knew at that point, and as did the other councilmen, that that appeal needed to be taken seriously. And we see at the end of uh, verse 12 of chapter 25, Festus, after conferring with the council, answered Paul saying, to Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Now Paul is playing a very specific um, sort of game here, a game of chess. Paul is standing on the ground of his Roman citizenship Paul is continuously, accurately, and consistently proclaiming that he's done no wrong that would require legal intervention. And uh, Paul continues to make his way up the food chain. Now, in each of these instances, we will see the Lord opening the door for Paul to share the gospel with these leading um, pagan people. The Romans were polytheistic. They were very Hellenistic Greek in their view of religion. They didn't believe in the one God of heaven and earth. They believed in multiple, multiplicity of gods. And so Paul is getting the opportunity in in these upper echelons of Roman leadership to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with his handlers. And it's an amazing thing to see this playing out. And this was part of God's appointed ministry for Paul at this time in his journey. Um, certainly Paul could have been more effectively ministering to the churches that he had founded or began to found new churches had he not been caught up in this, uh, this uh, custody situation for as long as he had. But God had a purpose in it. God had a reason for it. And Paul was content to continue on this journey until he had fulfilled his purpose, his God-ordained purpose in this particular setting. Now, I'm sure there were times he was frustrated and confused, longing to be with the churches and the leaders that he was continuously working with uh, for the sake of the gospel. But God had him in this place for the sake of the gospel as well, for a different purpose and a different avenue of influence. And um, one has to wonder if Paul's influence here 
led to the um, the transition of the Roman government uh, toward making Christianity uh, the legal religion of the empire later on, um, which was the founding of the uh, thing that we now call Christendom, um, the approving of Christianity as the legal religion of the uh, of the empire. And so from there, the Catholic Church gets its start, and from there, um, institutional Christianity takes off. Now there are pluses and minuses to that journey, but this is sort of where it all began. This is how the gospel began to influence uh, Roman society, particularly Roman leadership culture. And so um, we can never discount why God has us where he has us at any given time. Now, we don't always have a clear sense of what his purpose is in the, in the moment, but God is always faithful to use us right where he has us. And so I want to encourage you with that as we head into the weekend. God is faithful to use you where he has you. And so maybe take some time to look at your life and look at your journey and, and maybe uh, evaluate the frustrations you're facing as a believer, as a disciple, through the lens of what God's purpose is for you right now in that place. And perhaps you'll gain new perspective. All right, my friends, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to study with us. I pray you have an awesome weekend. And uh, we just give thanks to God for his word. And may it continue to stir within us this day and always in your name. We pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.